Hello and welcome to episode two of this season's Inside the Orange podcast. The podcast all about understanding the people around us. Thanks first of all so much for all the support I've had from the uh, start of this season of the podcast and today we're in for an absolute amazing treat. I'm joined by inspirational marathon runner Sally Bryder. So let's get into the episode. So my guest today on the podcast is the amazingly inspiring Sally Bryder. Uh, she's an amazing runner um, who, uh, she's a friend, uh, she came to the show via a friend, uh, via, via Godwin, friend of the show, Godwin D. Batista. Um, and he said, come and have a look at Sally's work. And I looked at it on Instagram and I thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. Um, she's done a couple of podcasts with uh, Marathon Talk and she's done an Instagram uh, interview with Fighting the Dad Bod who, when I told her, I was, when I explained that I was interviewing her today, described her as an absolute star. So, Sally, welcome to the Inside the Orange podcast. It's fantastic to, uh, for you to be here today. How's your day been so far? Rich, thanks for having me. Yes, good, good day. Um, ad, admin of Life Day, I think they call it, don't they, Mondays? So that's quite the norm for me, too, on a Monday. And first day of half term as well. Absolutely, yeah, important day. So, for the benefit of our of, of my listeners, so tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about Sally Bryder. Um, okay, Sally Bryder. Well, I guess the, the first thing to say is I'm an older an older runner. And um, when I first started Instagram on my running journey, I was very much trying to highlight um, to older older women or postmenopausal women about um, the fact that we still have. The ability to achieve big things, you know, dream big, goals, etc. Um, I had a, a dreadful, sorry, Mitch, this is a man, dreadful menopause, seven years, which sent me to the darkest places I've ever been in, in my life. And as I commonly say, um, running basically saved me um, from that. From a, um, I know we'll go on to talk about this, uh, sort of a, a mental fitness perspective. Um, started off as a bucket list thing, really, to do. Uh, major or formal events and then realized how much I loved it and yeah haven't been doing it for that long started properly in about 2016 I've now run um, three world uh, world marathon majors and looking to do all six um, and became an Essex front runner last year which was the absolute icing on the cake and just love running really My, probably the most important bit <laughs> you've got to love what you're doing haven't you 100 yeah. percent um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, because um, on Instagram, obviously, you are always posting how much you run in and everything. Are you competitive? Are you a competitive runner? That, that's a that's a re- that's a really good question. I was thinking about the word competitiveness in in general, um, and thinking that, um, and I did actually read up about the word competitive, um, th- and and from what I've seen, it does it does sort of highlight that perhaps competitiveness changes with age. Um, so as you get older, the general consensus seems to be that perhaps as our confidence in ourself decreases, that our um, competitive gets less, competitiveness gets less. And, and I would say that was the same for me when I was younger. I was quite competitive, very competitive at school and with my studies. And I was um, I was a dancer as well, old time dancing. 
Um, as I've got older and postmenopausal, um, my confidence levels did change. So therefore, I would say competitively, um, absolutely, I didn't have any. Um, as I've got into running more, um, I would say that my competitiveness has increased, but that is with myself, not with not with other people. I'm only really thinking about how I can improve um, on myself or push myself rather than trying to beat other people because at this time of my life, beating other people is um, is not massively high on the prior on the priority list. Although I have to say, when I lived in Spain, um, we moved back in January um, last year. Um, in a few of the local events, I did get a podium finish, which um, sort of blew me away. And I and I guess as a result of that, it did sort of um, reignite the competitive competitiveness in me and thinking, oh, you know, can I get on the podium for the over 55 women, you know, today? So um, I would say it was a healthily um, in perspective competitiveness, but um, generally it's just with myself. I'll give you an example for, I've got um, three marathons, hopefully this year, uh, within three weeks of each other. And I have got my plan A, plan B and plan C times, but that's just for me. Mm. It's just in competition with me. And I don't, I don't really feel the need to make myself accountable to anybody else. It's just that um, it's just there for me and to tell me and my husband really you know so that's as far as it goes if that answers the question no it does brilliant and i just want to raise something on that that it's a, a really interesting point on life that i really want to try and get across to people is you are only ever competing with yourself aren't you 100 percent. You can compete well. I know, you know, in, in professional racing and things, there is competition with others. And yeah, the businesses are always in competition with others. But it, to, to do the best in your own life, you are only competing with you, aren't you? You're not competing with anyone else to do the best in your life. So it's a really, really good answer to the question, to be fair. You know. I think it's just keep, uh, keeping a healthy perspective on competitiveness. If it gives you the edge on the day, I think that's brilliant. Mm. Uh, but, you know, just don't beat yourself up and consider yourself to be a failure if you didn't reach the time that, that you wanted on a particular day. Mm. Um, that, that good old um, saying that a lot of people use, which I love, which is um, finish lines, not finish times. You know, the fact that you've run over the line, whether it's a 5K, a 10K, a, a marathon, um, the fact that you've actually run over the line and there's lots of people that haven't, for whatever reason, managed to even get to the start line. Mm, 100%, 100%, really important. So um, you spoke briefly in your uh, opening thing to tell my listeners, you spoke about something called mental fitness. So what does that mean to you? Tell us a bit more about that. Um, Well, firstly, I should say that I pinched the term mental fitness from Prince William because I heard him speak on a, um, I think it was a TV show that he did with footballers and they were talking about mental health as as it was. And I just thought, well, that's a really nice term to use because mental health, whether we like it or not, does still have some kind of stigma, I think, Mm. attached to it. And there's so many people doing some really great work to try and, um, you know, get away from uh, from that, you know, mental health matters. I'm doing Miles for Mind this month for mental health matters. But we talk a lot about physical fitness, and I think, therefore, mental fitness fits quite nicely in for that. You know, physical fitness, we're all talking about, you know, keeping ourselves active and, you know, healthy diet, nutrition, enough sleep, that kind of thing. But when it comes to mental fitness, for me, it's all about my emotional well-being. And under that, I look at things like my resilience, um, which when I was menopausal, suffered really, really badly. Um, just basically my, my self-esteem, 
Um, and I just mean that in a very sort of normal level that, you know, not, or oh, oh, how wonderful do I look today, more of, you know, can I even get myself out the front door, um, you know, how you feel about yourself. Um, and just generally, when, when I run, I find that the running just keeps my, my, men, uh, my mental fitness on track. It keeps my, my brain working. And, and I know a lot of people might say, well, I read for, um, to, for that kind of thing, or I do crosswords, I do puzzles, whatever. Yes, I think they all play a great part. But for me, my brain um, and my emotional well-being keep really in check from, from running. So that's how I keep my, my mental health fit is by is by running yeah and a really interesting point and again I'm, I'm, I'm approaching this delicately as a man and I don't mean that disrespectfully but you are very good and very open about talking about the menopause and I mean it was a, it was a trigger for your life it was something that made you have a difference in your life so how important is it to embrace that word as well and again I ask very carefully as a man who doesn't really understand it but this is where you can teach me about the word <laughs> Well, I think it's one of the, it's one of those words that um, still has a little bit of taboo. Um, and if you start, you know, you can see people's um, eyes sort of roll if you start talking about it. It's like, oh, no, no, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, for me, and I have written a number of blogs about this, is um, in my 40s, I had a, an amazing career. We lived in Asia. We'd, we'd just adopted a little girl after um, being caught up in the, the tsunami in Phuket. Life was brilliant. And then I started to notice that my... Um, it was the mental side, um, the emotional side that, that started first. Um, really, really bad anxiety, which I've never had in my whole life. Um, and it really took me by surprise. I guess I was thinking, oh no, you read these books, it happens to old women, and um, you know, and I didn't consider myself to be an older woman. Having lost my mum when I was a teenager, as well, I didn't actually have anyone to talk to. Mm. My husband's mum had died as well, so there was no older people in the family to talk to um, about it. So I would say it basically sort of hit me like a steam train. Didn't know what it was to start off with. Um, then it got worse and worse. Um, I ended up having a hysterectomy, which then, as many women, if they listen, might know that that then can send you into um, basically surgical menopause and you just go off the cliff hormonally. Um, so I went from being happy, confident, um, quite an extrovert about in my love of life to somebody that didn't even want to get out of bed. I mean, it was that bad, um, thinking very bad thoughts all the time. Um, and I think mainly the, um, I was asked recently about if I described what was the one sort of thing that I found um, was the most difficult, I would say it was the constant sadness. I just felt very sad all the time just no happiness left at all mm -hmm. um it, yeah it, it was just a, a, a very bad time and then i think when you have an acceptance that that's what it is uh, you know that you're not actually going around the twist and i was very lucky my husband was amazingly supportive and we did lots of research um together um, and i ended up um going down the uh, the natural route um, i couldn't take traditional hrt because my mum died of breast cancer so I went down the bio-identical route and uh, take um, bio-identical progesterone, which is the happy hormone. Um, and just a little bit of a dab of cream every morning keeps me the happy Sally rather than the grumpy mummy, as Marley, my daughter, sometimes <laughs> remembers. And points out, yeah, kids are great, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Um, back to back to your running. So, uh, what is your advice for people who might be looking at getting fit 
and how uh, and more importantly how do people maintain it so for someone that's going out and doing it how do they do it but how do they maintain it really good question because it's the, the hardest thing is getting started isn't it mm. on, on these things and especially if you're looking on instagram at people who are doing it doing it well in however they they consider that that, that term to be um but i think it's it's almost like the, the term that we say for girls put your get big girl pants on and just you know get out there and 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 give it a go there's so much support um available now there's things like um couch to 5k um, I, I only found out actually last week that the NHS are doing some free apps now, which I think is Couch to 5K and then Life After Couch to 5K. Mm. So you've got online support there from um, from people. Um, some of the running apps like um, Runkeeper and Strava have their own training plans now as well. Um, local running groups. Um, I think a lot of people might like to do it on their own um, when when they start. Um, and, and I personally do actually love running on my own. Um, but I think it's do, do some do some research, find some routes um, where you can go. And, and it literally is baby steps to start off with. You know, I wouldn't suggest going to run 5K on, on your first go, as, as you know, Rick, with the training that, that you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Is, you know, even if you, you do, like, you know, run for 20 seconds, walk for 20 seconds, and then get up to maybe running for a minute, walking for a minute. Mm. Um and it, it's surprising how quick you will start to think. Actually, I don't need to have that minute's rest now. I can maybe run for a minute, um, run for a minute, walk for thirty seconds. Mm. Um, and it does. I, personally, I think it comes quite quickly if you stick with it. Mm. If you can try and do it sort of two, three, four times a week, rather than just making it once a week. It's amazing how our fitness, probably from our younger days, does come back. Our brain does remember that we do know how to run. Um, and yeah, it, you know, it can it can happen quite quickly, but it depends what people's goals are because somebody might, you know, to get to um, couch to five k is such an amazing achievement that that might be where somebody wants to to stay at five k because when Park Run comes back, of course, Park Run is five k or three point one miles, and that might be the the distance that some people want to stick with. But mm. then, of course, you can go into ten k's halves and then four marathons. No, that's brilliant. So. I've asked about trying to get someone out to do it for day one. So do you remember the first time that you laced up your trainers and went out? And how did that feel? And do you still have a similar feeling when you go out running? I can remember when it was, yeah. It was absolutely horrid. Okay. <laughs> I, I, did, um, I did many years ago, used to run 5K quite regularly on a treadmill at a gym. that um, I hadn't done any sort of actual, like, go outside um, running for many many years um, so my first um, run outside it was I can tell you exactly it was August 2016 we lived in Spain um, we had some family staying um, on holiday with us and my husband was um, running he had a small running group of, of women I have to say that we were in and they said, oh, come on, let's all go, let's all go. Sal, you come, you come as well. And I was like, I really don't want to go. Um, and I did go. And I did actually run 8K that day. But I hated every minute of it. I didn't hate the running. I hated, it was, I was in the midst of menopause. I hated how I looked. I hated how I felt. I was like the biggest I'd, I'd been. So I was really like uncomfortable. Um, 
didn't have any sort of branded kit. I had like supermarket stuff, which, which was fine for it, you know, no snob value attached to that. No. So I didn't like how I felt, how I looked. Um, so I did it and I felt really chuffed with myself, but I, I absolutely didn't like it at all. I think I probably moaned the whole time in there. Um, but do I feel like that now? No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, everyone knows we have good days, bad days. We have good runs, bad runs. Um, I think when you have a bad run, you just have to accept it, put it to one side and move on. But I, ha- I certainly have days when I don't want to go um, or my, you know, the mind chat is saying, oh, do we have to? Um, but I know that I always feel much better after I, I have been. Um, but I don't have the fear about it uh, now compared to that, that first one, which was just not a very nice experience. No, that's really important because, again, one of the questions I did have down here is what, uh, how do you deal with the can't be bothered to run days and do you get them? And you've just said there, you get them. So the people that just think, oh, surely, surely people that do this all the time don't get those days. It's so good to hear you go, yeah, we still get them, you know. Yeah, you do. And you also get the other one, which is, you know, life gets in the way. I mean, today I've had it, life got in in the way. Um, I think for me personally, if I don't go first thing, then it's I have to accept and be honest with myself that it's it's highly likely it's not going to happen. I think it's that's the best way for my day to start yeah. is run and then do everything else. Unfortunately, today I'm in my kit um, and then life stuff got in, in the way. Uh, you know, stuff at home happens or you know somebody rings at the doorbell whatever and then for whatever reason it just didn't happen and then it got to about three o'clock and I said to my husband I really need to go and he said and this is this this is such an important piece of advice which was given to me which I will pass on he said to me how far did you run yesterday and I said mm, yeah I ran 11k yesterday I did a double run yesterday five in the morning and six in the afternoon he said you need to practice what you preach which is rest today mm-hmm. so and I think that is don't beat yourself up because especially as you get older that rest and recovery is sometimes more important than the actual training itself I mean I could have gone I would have gone I've got I'm on a 5k challenge for February that I've set myself 5k pretty much every day or five out of the seven days but I think sometimes you do have to accept that you know it's not going to I'm not going to wake up tomorrow any worse a person because I didn't run today um, and actually the the rest um, especially at my age, is quite important too. <laughs> Again, really well said. And I, I just want to uh, highlight something. So we're, we're both, we spoke before, and we're both uh, big fans of um, uh, Simon Sinek, who talks about the addiction of, uh, of of dopamine, I believe it is, that he talks about, you know. And, and running is addictive, isn't it? And you do start thinking to yourself, I've got to go again tomorrow. But again, you've got to be, you've got to be careful to have it as something that's benefiting you and not as much of an addiction. Is that fair to say? Definitely, definitely. And I mean, I have had periods of time in my life when I have been addicted to exercise and and you are beating yourself up, you've not been, and you just need that fix um, as well. And I've certainly been there for me personally now, um, running later on in the day. So anything sort of past sort of three, four, five o'clock, I find could negatively affect my sleep because I've become really quite active and then I find it quite hard to switch off so it's knowing I think everyone will find their own time that you know I know lots of people that work out in the evening and it works for them it's mm. personally it's not great for me um, I like the, the, the morning running but yeah it's just don't beat yourself up about it if it doesn't work it doesn't work no absolutely 
hands down to you there. So um, I want to talk about your your Instagram post. So um, so people can find you uh, at Sally Brider. That's right, isn't it on Instagram? Um, I'll put a link and everything into the description show notes because honestly, I, I cannot vouch enough how inspirational this person, this Sally is. It's just amazing to see on, on, on Instagram. She's always kind of helped me with stuff. She's always liked stuff I've done. If it's like, oh, I've just gone and done a couch 5K, yeah, it's there. And she is such an amazing person to have around. I, say, I hope you don't mind me saying that as I'm sat here talking to you. Um, but you, you have... Um, You've got a lot of medals. You've posted things in the past medals. I just want to ask just a cheeky question. So how many medals have you got? How many runs have there been on your social media that I can, we can talk about? Um, I've got about 50, to, I think I've got about 50 to 60 medals. I did have a little look after you. Um, we chatted last time. Yeah. Um, from, big, from big medals, I've got a, a London Marathon proper race and a New York Marathon proper race and then the London Virtual um, I've got um, probably about twenty something half marathon medals, which range from amazing ones like the Great North Run and the, and the Big Half and London Landmarks to some not so well known um, ones, some lovely rural half marathons that mm. I've done here um, and in Spain, which are more like some sort of trail straight road. Uh, but then I've also got quite a few medals from challenges that I've set myself. So some of the virtual um, companies. Mm-hmm. Um, who do like monthly challenges? When I when I lived in Spain, there's not there wasn't as much on offer as if I was living in London and I could pick you know from the from the UK calendar. So I used to set myself on a fairly regular basis, just from a motivational um, perspective, like maybe a, um, um, a mileage for the month that I wanted to do, or something that they brought out which was linked to a charity that I was um, you know quite interested in. So they're not they're not all race medals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could probably, I mean, they, they do mean a lot. And mm. I know people joke, my husband always says, well, you know, you're just interested in the bling. <laughs> I, I do love do love the medals because I think they all tell their own story, which is why I like them. But we do have a joke that, you know, no medal, no race. Um, he's more interested in the, the experience and being out on the trails. But I do love a good medal. Um, yeah, as I said, it's just they, they do tell a nice story. And most people I know, even people that have far more than me, can remember the race that went with each medal. So they're all quite special in their own way. Okay, brilliant. And as I said, people can keep up with you with on uh, by uh, on Instagram, at Sally Brider. But you're also uh, is it a front runner for ASICS as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, if that's all right? Uh, yes, um, I'd love to. So um, ASICS, um, the, the, the Japanese global sporting brand, have their, their own um, running community, which is the team of front runners, which I think um, last count was um, the global running community, I think, went across about 700, about 700 people, about 35 countries, I think. We've got about 45 part of the UK team. Um, and I was incredibly fortunate to be selected to join the team um, last uh, January. Uh, the team we have is just amazing, and I say that in respect of its diversity. Um, the, well, you can see because I'm not in my twenties. They're not all twenty um, super fast, you know, super slim, super fit, super influencer people. We range from twenties uh, to our oldest member um, is going to be 60 in the next um, few months we've got an Olympian on the team um, we have a family on the team whose um, son is in a um, wheelchair and they run a, a proper one mobility chair for mm-hmm. marathons 
um, yeah, from all shapes and sizes, all ages, all abilities. Um, but I think it's a, a really great reflection of um, the diversity of, of people and running and the fact that it is you don't have to be fit into a certain category or look a certain way to be able to be a, a runner. Um, so that community has been amazing. Although uh, having joined in the pandemic, we've not been able to all get together, which is quite quite sad because mm-hmm. um, normally there'd be a couple of meetups um, during the year. But the whole idea of, of the front runners is really just to inspire movement. It's, it's not about us. It's about hopefully us trying to um, motivate people to you know get their, their trainers on or um, whatever kind of sport they're doing. Um, but just inspire people to, to move. Um, and the whole ethos around ASICS is sound mind in sound body. So it fits very mm-hmm. well with my whole belief around the sound mind, sound body, mental fitness, um, physical fitness. Mm-hmm. Great brand, love it. People are just absolutely amazing. It's been, um, I have to pinch myself about that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Very lovely. And it, as I said, you know, it's so it's, it's amazing because, as I say, I always I always post some bits on Instagram. You know, recently the Inside the Orange for February was doing Fitness February. There's videos I've been doing, and every single one I've kind of been putting towards you. So it, it is good. There is there is it's lovely to see the diversity of running from everyone being an athlete, everyone being you know you know the the, the simple message in one of my videos was you don't have to go. I can run. A kilometer in a, in in thirty seconds. Do you know what I mean? You don't know. You know, it's all about that diverse. But everyone's going to do it differently, and that's what makes that community and the community that I've found with the with the running community that I've even found on Instagram with you guys has just been so amazing. And again, from me and the people that may have seen my videos and been inspired, it's down to you guys as well. Because if I didn't have you guys around, giving me that motivation, giving me that inspiration, I wouldn't be doing it. So from them, from me, thank you very much. And I think it's I think it's really important that the message is out there that you know you're, you're never you're never too old to start running you know you don't have to fit a certain um, profile anybody anybody can do it and you know the, the amazing thing about running is it is free I know you have to you know buy your, buy your kit um, but you don't have to pay to go to to a gym I mean going back to the the comment we had around just, uh, mental fitness rich I mean I personally get no enjoyment from running on a tread the treadmill i have done before mm. um since we moved back to the uk i haven't run on a treadmill at all and that that wouldn't um tick the boxes for that whole um you know the endorphins for me really it's for me it's all about being outside mm. taking it all in i don't i never run with music never have wow. um, i love just being out there listening watching um you know when you're running in events you can talk to other people as well um, and I think since lockdown as well, we've all um, taken a big step back and we do really appreciate what's around us much more than we ever did before. Um, so, yeah, being outside, I mean, being out on the trails is my, my favourite when you, people don't even, they're not even bothered about what time you're running because there's no comparison. But uh, just being outside mm. and, um, yeah, hopefully just motivating people to, you know, have a go, really. Oh, brilliant. So what is your message to the people who listening today, listen to you, but think, oh, I, c- I couldn't do it. I couldn't do, I, I hear it, but I couldn't do it. What's your message to those people? Well, firstly, I'd say is you can, you absolutely can. Um, it's, oh, you're not going to, there's a common phrase that you'll never regret a run. And, um, 
and I think that is so true. I don't even know who came up with the phrase. I know people, a lot of people that, that use it. It's like everything else. Getting started is the hardest part. Um, you know, whatever we decide to do, um, when it when it's a new uh, something new or a challenge, it's always getting started. You know, people will say getting your trainers on is the hardest part. Getting your kit on is the hardest part. Um, and I think if you can get over that, um, you know, you can do it and, and, and have an idea about what your motivation is. If it is something longer term, like running a marathon, again, I would say to people, you know, running a marathon is not easy. If it is, everyone would have done it. Um, so you've got some sort of competition for yourself there. If you want it, if you don't, if you want to be a recreational runner, I mean, brilliant. You know, as I say, I would definitely check out Park Run for all of that when it um, when it starts again, um, but I would just say you can, you can. I mean, I literally I ran my first marathon when I was fifty-three, and if you'd have told me in the depths of menopause or misery when I was having incredibly dark thoughts and thought about doing dreadful things, mm. um, I'd be sitting here now talking to you about running, um, you know, with a New York Marathon medal and a London Marathon medal, and hopefully, if all goes well, running. Berlin, London, and Chicago within three weeks of each other. When I will be fifty-eight, I would never have believed you in a million years. So, um, and that's not about self-gratification for me. That's saying to people, you really can do it. Just because we're older, um, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean we have to stop dreaming. You know about amazing things. Um, yeah, that's. I hope that sums it up. Nah, 100%. And as I say, you know, that that is the thing. As I say, you're not saying there, oh, yeah, go and sign up for free marathons next month, you know. But it's a bit it's a bit about once you're on that journey, you know, it, anything's possible, isn't it? Once you do that first run, anything is possible. And it is tough. I mean, I should, I should say, just to, to add a caveat to that, you know, those three marathons in three weeks is not my choice. That's because it's or because of things being um, delayed, etc. Mm. They're now bucked up. Any runners who who listen will know that September and October, in particular, um, will become an incredibly busy month because everything has been sort of lumped into mm. into one month. So that was never my my intention to to do that. Um, and whenever you stand on on a, a start line for a half or for a full marathon, I mean, you know it's going to hurt. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a super speedy runner, um, and and it does, you know, physically, it's um, it yeah, it can be quite hard. So th- there was something that went around last week about you know um, use the emojis that describe how you feel the night before a run, when you're on the start line, when you finish on your way home, all mixture of people's emotions. Normally, the night before is you can't sleep. Um, or you're being sick, um, you know. The, the on the start line is you need to use the loo because you because you're really nervous. And and this is from people I've I've run with recently who at Kew Gardens, incredibly gifted runner, um, but need you you know need you to go to the loo. And you think why are you nervous? You're an amazing runner. Um, so I think it does it does generate all of those mixed emotions. But I don't think anyone ever stands on the start line of uh, start line of the marathon thinking this is going to be easy because <laughs> it's not. And then you <laughs> myself on the way and why am I doing this? Um, but it's um you know, somebody asked me how I sort of get you know how I sort of um, deal with that in training and um it's the first time I'd actually ever put it down in writing which was I, I did for a blog for six and it made me think about my, my motivation. Um, and I would say um, the, the darkest days or the you know the hardest training when you're out there on your own for like three and three and a half hours is I always visualize 
crossing the finish line and having that medal put round my neck because I, because I said I love you know a bit of bling and some of the medals are amazing. Um, so for things like New York, that was what really kept me going. Was picturing running through Central Park, and I went and checked it out on the day before, so I knew what it looked like. So when I came to like you know 35k onwards, you just you know what it's going to look like, and you know how much you want to run over that finish line mm. for real and get the medal. So so that for me is how I I keep my motivation going if I'm if I'm sort of having any self doubt. That's brilliant. So a bit of a lighter thing now. So tell tell me something that might surprise my listeners or your followers who are out there. So tell me something that's just that they're going to go, I never knew that. Oh, I wouldn't have ever thought that of Sally. Go on. What we got? Oh, goodness. Um, oh. We talk, we've talked about this before, haven't we? We have, yeah. I mean... I, I mean one of them, I've got a, a gorgeous 15-year-old adoptive daughter. People might know that. Mm. Um, she's Indonesian, and we adopted her when she was seven weeks. Um, my husband and I were in Phuket when the tsunami hit, which was a life-changing experience for us. So mm. that's that's one. I've, I've touched on the dancing. Mm. So I was an old dancer. Um, so I do have a picture of me and Lane Goodman somewhere around. Um, and the other one, I think, that we, we did sort of mention was... Um, so going back to July 2005, it was actually the 5th of July 2005, um, the, the British contingent for the um, Lund for the Olympic 2012 um, bid were in Singapore, where, where I lived at the time. Um, and through my husband's job, we were invited to the home of the British High Commissioner um, to an event. Um, didn't really know much about it. Mark came home from work and said, oh, we've been invited to the High Commissioner, something to do with the Olympics, whatever. David Becker might be there. It's like, ah, I might go. <laughs> and and we, uh, we got a taxi and, and it was um, to, to, to the British High Commissioner's house. We, I'd been to before through through my daughter's school. And it ended up being every every face and name in um, British athletics that you, you could ever really um, name. So we're just standing there, like you know, like two giggling teenagers, thinking, "Can't believe we're here!" You know, Bobby Charlson walks up, and Daley Thompson and um, Sebco doing a, a, a talk. Um, Tanny Gray Thompson, the, the amazing uh, wheelchair um, um, athlete, mm-hmm. and um, my husband was talking to um, to Tanny Gray Thompson, and um, suddenly um, she says, "Oh, um, this is David Beckham." So my husband says, "Oh, hello, Mark Bryder." And then he turns to me and puts his hand out and says, David Becker. And I went, oh, like Sally Bryder. Feeling like, oh, my goodness, that was... And then I met Victoria as, as well. Um, but I think the, that was just an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. I, I count myself incredibly fortunate um, to do that. But the, the most amazing thing, really, and, and we wouldn't be having this conversation if I hadn't moved back to the UK and where I'm actually living in my house now. So as part of that evening, I spoke to the amazing... Um, heptathlete Denise Lewis many of you will know beautiful lady and my hair was short like it is my hair's been short for years and she kept going on about my hair your hair's just amazing I wish I had the the courage to have my hair cut short anyway didn't think anything more of it I had that conversation literally with my neighbour about three weeks ago and I said and Denise Lewis was going on about my hair well Denise Lewis is her best friend and she was the godmother to Denise Lewis's youngest child so after yeah so after having met her in singapore in 2005 she's now uh, probably will be in and out of my neighbor's house once life gets back to normal so 
Yeah, that's is... like six separation. Yeah, that Absolutely. is <gasps> small. Let's say such a small world, isn't it? It could be from those two two couldn't be further apart events. But look at that, it's incredible. Um, so tell me. Uh, sorry, I've put my notes a little bit too far away from my face, so that's uh, that's not really helpful. Professional as a podcaster. <laughs> so tell me um, about the running community. Finally, do you do you find them supportive? And what's the easiest way for a day one runner to uh, find their running community? Okay, great, great question. Um, yes, I find the running community so supportive and um, very. I mean, other than you know, we talked about before the odd negative people that you will get, you know, few trolls or whatever on mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh, generally, I think the, the running community is incredibly supportive, respect, uh, totally respectful of, of everybody. Um, you know, what age group or uh, category of runner that, that you are. Um, the assets community I found is amazing. The Instagram community, my personal experience is all really, really positive. Um, I found some amazing um, running friends in inverted commas through Instagram, um, and especially through lockdown, people who are really opening up about issues they may have, you know, their own challenges during lockdown. Um, and I think everyone's come together. Um, what I do like about the, the running community on Instagram is I find that people really engage with each other, which for me is a really key thing about Instagram. Mm. Don't don't put yourself out there if you're not prepared to engage with people. Mm. I, you know, I, I I spent time before writing comments on people's posts when I thought I could really add something. Somebody, somebody you mentioned, Rich, about you. You're back earlier. You know, I had back surgery when I was in my twenties, and I thought I could add something to. And then you don't even get a response. Mm. You think, well, why did I bother? So I think if you if you're going to um, put yourself on Instagram and you like to have a following, it's all about in, engaging with people and sharing parts of yourself uh, as you know people share with you. You share back. So mm. I think that's really important. Um, talked about Park Run, obviously when that starts. Um, um, going back to Instagram, I think you can follow some great hashtags. I mean, I did check this earlier today. I've just written it down here. So the um, the running hashtag just on its own has 73 million people who follow that. Uh, run on its own has 51 million. Runner, 23 million. Um, Asics Front Runner, nearly a million. So if you follow any of those hashtags, I'm sure people know how you can follow a hashtag rather than a person. You are going to come across people um that may be in your community that you might even know. Um, and then I think you can whittle it down even further. I asked one of my ASICs front runners this morning, how did she engage with her community? And she said, I just put in hashtag Bristol runners. And up on my feed were coming people that lived in my local community. Um, there are a couple of really great, there's lots of great groups on, on Instagram, but um, two that I know of are Run Mummy Run, uh, which is a really good one, and Fit, I think it's Fit Mums, again, I did write it down, um, Fit Mums, which is a really good one, and then um, things like following following the running channel, Anna um, Anna Harding, who runs the running channel, you, lots of YouTube videos, she's the most amazing woman, so authentic, um, just says it as it is, she's, she's run the Great North Run with a... Um, with a GoPro telling you what it's like. She's just fantastic. And then you've got things like the National Running Show. So pick up any of those sorts of people on social media will be great. Um, uh, local running shops will probably have information of, of running groups that you might be able to find. When I moved back to the UK, I just like Googled the, the area I was living in. 
um, see if there are any local running groups around. So there is so many places that you can find, but I think the apps are a really good place to start if you're, especially if you're a little bit nervous, if you want to sort of get yourself up to a certain level before you perhaps engage um, in, a, in a running group. I, I personally am not a member of any kind of um, athletics club or running club. Um, probably a confidence thing. <laughs> Going along, all these 20 old really fit people. Um, but I think I think the um, general feeling of that is changing. As I said, mm. I did have a word earlier with a couple of my uh, older running friends and they said oh well that's why this group was set up because people were a little bit put off by going to what they call an athletics club and being you know doing all this interval training when really they want to go for like maybe a run for half an hour and it's a bit of a social as well as a um, you know the running and the um, physical side of things but I think Google's a great place to start mm. Google and Instagram are probably great places to start yeah no really really good um one of the things so I've got two questions to finish on. I didn't tell you about these questions either because I do I do like to give my guests a little bit. I don't like to I don't like to side swipe them too much. But there are two things I'm going to ask. But before I ask those two questions, I want to kind of clarify. So I wanted you to come on the Inside the Orange podcast. So the podcast is about understanding people. What I think is absolutely amazing about you is that everything you say is is real you you know there's not a lot i have to kind of dig in and go well what were you thinking about here what like you said you've talked openly about the menopause you talk men- openly about mental fitness mental health everything like that it's really important but what i wanted you to do more than anything when i thought about having you on the on the on the podcast was inspiring other people i wanted to i want to show you because you inspire me you are somebody that i want to kind of get people to understand because you you your story is so inspiring it's something that happened later in life you're happy to admit all of this stuff but it might just help that one person that is struggling with mental health at the moment is struggling maybe with the menopause is thinking you know and again not related but i'm a bit overweight maybe i need to go and start doing a bit of running or whatever you know you you are hearing it from someone that was later into it is so good because we all see these athletes and go i can't be usain bolt no you can't mate but you can be the first john smith and I just wanted to say that, Absolutely. if that's fair. So the question I wanted to ask, so what's the plan for the next five years for you? Okay, um, so I'm just going to talk from a running perspective. Okay, here. Yeah. Yeah. however you want. Um, okay. So from a, um, from a running perspective, well, firstly, it has to be continue to enjoy it because the minute I stop enjoying it is the minute that I have to re, uh, you know, sort of reassess mm. where I'm going. Um, but my, my big, big, big aspiration um, for Sally Brider stroke, older runners stroke, mums stroke, women full stop is I want to and I will achieve the six star finishes medal from that's from running all six of the world marathon majors. That's my biggie. Um, I absolutely want to do it um, uh, just to show people that we can do it. Mm. Um, so. That, you can't achieve that in five minutes, unfortunately. If all goes according to plan, I'll have four by the end of this year, and that will just leave me Tokyo and Boston. Um, and for those of you who know anything about running, Boston is the really hard one to get into because you have to run something called a BQ, which is a Boston qualifier, oh, wow. um, to even get in. They, they do have charity places, and they have a few through um, international tour companies, but generally you have to run a time, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not there at the moment and I think um, having just looked at the times again this week 
I will probably, I, I think I could achieve it, at a push I could achieve it before I'm 60, but I think the time that's on the BQ for age 60 is, is achievable. So I'm 58 this year, so that will take me up to 60s to, and then of course I've got, yeah, I've got to do it in a year when um, there are enough places for everybody. So that that's the big one, mm. is um, the World Marathon Major. Um, yeah, without saying sounding cheesy, it's really to keep in, inspiring people to think that you can do it. Because as you've said, to in, inspire one person, and I've got loads of lovely people who write to me to say, oh, I saw that post or watched that or heard you talk there, and that made me want to do it. And that makes me feel really great, really, really amazing, is that you can just change one person's journey. Sorry, I hate the word journey, but and they can then in turn go and do it to, to somebody else. Because, you know, if you just hold the girl who, who ran her first 10K, that I was going to have one world marathon uh, medal, I would never, ever have believed you. Um, so from a running perspective, yeah. Um, the other thing, actually, I'm, I'm glad you've said about it, Rich, and we've mm. said about life in general, is um, I think at the moment, and I understand this, is this big emphasis on um, gratitude and mindfulness and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, personally, I'm rubbish at things like mindfulness. I live with a husband who's he's very good, and I'm not, because my brain is, is really, really busy, and I'm not very good at switching off. But I came across a, a book yesterday, which I've um, last week, which I've not read very much of yet but it's um rather than trying to like pressurize ourselves to feel grateful and um accept all the positivity in life it's 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 a little bit more real for me it's about saying no there are all these other range of emotions out there that range from you know loss and pain and, and, and envy and uncertainty and, and all these what we call like negative ones but it's just encouraging us to accept all of those and and say well it's okay to say today I'm feeling angry or because of this reason and and not just try and put that away and go no I have to be grateful and positive all the time so it's more of an acceptance of the whole range of emotions that we all have and I think it's a lot more realistic and um, for people who are trying to who are having a difficult time especially at the moment and thinking this whole gratitude thing is just really not on my radar I've got far too much going on so that I think is a, is a, um, a a big thing for me. I think it's again without sounding cheesy, it's just to be a good person. And, and obviously, the number one person in my life who I want to inspire is my my daughter. Um, she mm. thinks I'm a cool mum. Her friends actually think I'm a cool mum. So that's yeah, <laughs> you've won. <laughs> that one of her friends only recently thought I was thirty. So what? I was I was really shocked with that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, inspiring my, my daughter to, to, to do good things, be kind. I mean, I know t today is the, that we're filming, uh, this is the anniversary of Car Caroline Flack's yeah. um, suicide. Um, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of the messages that we talked about this time last year um, have, for whatever reason, you know, disappeared. And people do need a, a reminder that, yeah, being kind is the, the most important thing no. for me, definitely. And that's, yeah, that's so real. I mean, you know, you, you, the work, you know, what you've just explained there, self-awareness, you know, it's okay to not be okay. But I suppose what we want to make sure we're doing is that if you are feeling that way, that you can reach out for people. I mean, you know, I, I talk about it more in this season, but I, I've struggled with mental health myself. And one of the reasons I struggled with mental health was I didn't understand myself. And when I started to understand myself, 
my mental health improved and you know it's okay to not be okay so people like sally if you are having if you know if someone is having a, a bit of a bad day and wants to go for a run message sally and ask for a, you know what, what do you want to do on a run say if you want to message me what rich what would you i'm feeling like this that is so important we are here to help you we're not here to we can't i can't wave a magic wand in anyone's way and, and, and i know sally can't but it's okay to not be okay but reach out there are people out here who do want to help you and honestly sally that's a, that's a fantastic message i do i did have one other question um and again sorry just about the inspire inspiring the children again it's what the inside the orange was built upon you know my son my i've got two boys and i want them to go into work and be understood that's why i do it i want them to what they love in life i want them to do so that's why i want to inspire them you know i wanted to help people that's why i started a podcast i wanted to talk to people i wanted to understand how people felt that's why i'm doing it as long as they go in their lives and understand who they're talking to maybe they need to understand more than just oh He's a bit quirky, he's a bit strange, but weird. No, I don't want that. You know, you understand what drives these people. You know, even as a even as a spectator, even as the son of someone who does that, understand people. So inspiring your kids, honestly, 100%. The last question I want to ask, I want to take you back 20 years. You've got the chance now. You ignore me in this other picture, just here. You're talking to you 20 years ago. What are you going to tell her? Oh. So, you didn't know these, did you? These are the ones I did. <laughs> I think it we've been we've, we've touched on this already is not to be afraid of of trying something and you know I hate the word because I think we all learn from it but not not to be afraid of failing mm. we only we only improve by by failing at, at things don't we yeah hundred you know, percent you have to learn I mean there's lots of things I wish I'd done in my life I always wanted to learn to play the piano and I've never done it and I think it's probably too late now but um, uh, yeah, I wish I'd. I wish I'd started on yeah something like running mm. um, earlier. Probably, yeah. I think it, I'd sum it all up really with the with the not not being afraid. It goes across the whole you know range of things from trying something new. The big thing, talking, is what you've just said mm. is so massive. I mean, um, something I think people might relate to this is. Um, that I wrote about this fairly recently is just because your outer shell changes and gets older um, take it from me the person inside is still exactly the same and I learned this about 20 odd years ago actually from my husband's grandmother mm. who laughed at something on TV which I thought was really quite rude and she laughed um, in a way that um, that showed me that she knew exactly what the comedian was talking about and I felt quite ashamed of myself thinking that just because she was sitting in this 85, 80, whatever she was, body, that her brain somehow was um, not at the same, you know, level as, as me, that she didn't understand that kind of stuff. And, you know, of course she did. Of course she did. And she did say, to, we'd had a chat about it, and she said, I still feel like I'm in my 20s. Um, and I'm sitting here now, at, at this time of my life, still feeling like I'm in my 20s or my 30s. Um, and sometimes you, older people will tell you, you look in the mirror sometimes and you think, God, how did I get old? I feel like I'm 25 and, and I want to tackle all this kind of stuff. So, um, and, and I think it's the talking about stuff is a big thing. I lost my mum when, when I was a teenager, never talked about it. It was like in a box, never, never. The first, my mum died in 1980 and the first time I ever really talked about it was after Diana was killed in 1997 mm. Pandora's box opened a little bit mm. um, and some of those expressions I think it was quite common for a lot of people 
Um, and it is just that not fear of being able to um, talk and tell people how you're, you're feeling about, you know, all the things you've talked about there, Rich, around uh, mental health. Mm. It's, yeah, sum it up by not being afraid because you can absolutely guarantee there's at least one, there's probably hundreds or thousands of people that are feeling the same way that you are and having somebody to talk to about it. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I wish I'd got into running when I was in my 20s, <laughs> not my 50s. <laughs> No, again, absolutely amazing. Um, I'm just going to say, like, 100%, thank you for, again, you came into my life via via Godwin. Um, again, the most amazing, inspiring person in my life introduces me to someone else. So this is just how well it breeds in this in this day and age. People who inspire you will tell you, will show you other people who inspire you, you know. So I want to say, you know, a massive thank you for you for coming to do this today. Um, and I, I suppose one more cheeky question. When you've got the big six, are you going to come back on the podcast and talk about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's call it that. Let's do it that then. Um, Sally, again, you can follow Sally um, at Sally Brider on Instagram. Again, reach out to her. She's absolutely amazing. And she she loves everything people do and inspires by running. And again, I can't say it thank enough. So Sally, thanks for doing this today and uh, have a great day. Thanks so much, Rich. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. If this podcast is something you enjoy, then please subscribe to the podcasts and make sure you like and share so more people can hear our message. Remember, if you have any questions for me or my guests, you can get in touch via our website, insidetheorange.co.uk, on Twitter, at OrangeWatts, on Instagram, at InsideTheOrange, or on Facebook, on the Inside the Orange podcast. And finally, there's the email of insidethisorange at gmail.com. All these links will be available in the description. Thanks for listening. Goodbye and take care.